Welcome to Hit Different Bonus Episode with Timil Rojan. If you call Timil on his phone, it says just email me. Look at that. It's good. He's very efficient. Really? True that. Yeah. Just really? email me, cunts. No, he says... <laughs> <laughs> he says... Yeah, it's pretty much. I think you say... Sorry, don't leave a message. You say, don't leave a message. I don't check this. That's, you know what? That's kind Rojan of... I appreciate that. Hotmail.com. It's pretty straight on. There you go. Get that in. Yahoo. All geek offers. Send it on in. I like very that. Very good. concept of Hit Different is, you know, stuff that hits different, music that makes you go, I need to tell everyone that I've ever met about how great this is, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play this for the rest of the day. For instance, at the moment, I'm listening to the Channel Channel Trez, how do you say it? Channel Trez mm-hmm. with Polo and Pan, a new track they just put out, which is just straight fire. He's Cannot get enough of that. I'm joined today by Sophia Molly, as always, my co-host, and Timil Rojon. Timil, take us back to when you are a wee boy. First time <laughs> you heard something that you really, really... Paid attention to it would have. I mean, it was the whole thing. I saw the uh, Amadeus. Like when I was a little kid, I saw Amadeus. Mm. It was like it was Mozart's Requiem. You saw it as in I saw the film. I saw the film, and then I was just captivated. Really, I was fairly young, so but I was just like, oh my god, Mozart, everything Mozart, So. So listen to it heaps, and I still love Mozart's Requiem. It's he was known as quite a sort of light um, composer, stylistic. Like he's he's is meant to be played quite lightly, and it's quite mm-hmm. joyous and mm-hmm. and sort of bouncy. But his Requiem is dark. Well, you can see that too. I, this the the film poster, the man, that? the music, the yeah. madness, the murder, the motion picture, Amadeus. I remember seeing this, it scared the shit out of me. Just the poster was like, it. yeah. it's evocative as all hell. It's a guy with a serious half moon, sort of crescent moon, black headwear thing going on with his arms outstretched and, you know, a whole city in front of him and everything looks like it's about to blow up, sort of very post-apocalyptic. We'll post it with the episode notes, my friends. But uh, yeah, so 1984. Yeah, so that, that got... That just like just etched in deep, and I was I was learning violin then as well, so I was just like, yes, like Mozart visit me in my dreams, um, and <laughs> and and anyway, so I mean it it that ultimately manifested itself in my fourth grade A M E B exam. I don't know, like these little exams you do when you're learning classical instruments, mm-hmm. where I just like the uh, the examiner was like. Wolfgang, would you like to uh, play this uh, scale for <laughs> Wolfgang? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, so I've got a certificate with. Uh, I think it was uh, Wolfgang Mozart, Rojon. Amazing. I, I, little, I was like, that's good. You know what? What a scoop! <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that great. you know that hit that hit at the really cinema. Good. So at the, at the cinema. Yeah, well, I saw it at the cinema. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Which would have been a whole other thing. In so in eighty four. Yeah. So you, you were what eight? Uh, yeah, yeah. Damn, you're gonna air yeah. his business out like that? No, Dang. no, I was ten. I was like, <laughs> hey, business. <laughs> Whereabouts? Which cinema? Um, uh, it would have been the Kino in Belgrave. Hell yeah, Riverly. No, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Bel- cameo, Belgrave. Cameo, cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're we'll both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> cameo, Belgrave. I saw Harry and the Hedersons there after we won a um a car rally, and the whole family got tickets to it. <laughs> It was so fun. What your family won a car rally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a car rally. So you I didn't be, know you had a car rallying sort of. So uh, car, sort of car rally. So it was like orienteering. You had to go around, like go in there and find out the the first name of the veterinarians, 
And we're like, Dang. we went in there, we like got their full names and the whole thing just to get extra points. Thank it was you. so good. Cameo Belgrave. And so tell us about, yeah, going into the cinema, how you felt, and then leaving the cinema, the colors, the movement, everything. Yeah, look, it was more, it was more about um, the impression that the music sort of left with me and yep. listening to it afterwards. In the dark, In, huge speakers. <laughs> huge it's speakers. It's amazing, isn't it? And just the sort of darkness of it. Yeah. I was just really attracted to the darkness of it. Yep. Um, and also it's it's a massive sort of choral work as well. Um, and it's just so rich and and beautiful at the same time. Um, so that just sort of got me on on that trip and sort of loving classical music and, and that earlier sort of uh, style of classical music, mm. which I sort of slowly lost over over the next like uh, like a few years after that. Well, quite natural for a kid that age. Yeah, yeah. A kid that age, and I was, I was sort of getting into my teens, and I sort of lost it. Um, and was that and, around when you started playing drums, or yeah, yeah, a little bit before that, and I just sort of fell out of love with it, and um, and and was losing interest in the violin as well. Mm-hmm. And I sort of changed teacher as the last sort of mm. as the last sort of roll of the dice, and um, this teacher uh, was like. First lesson, super hard, yep. super hard. I mean, I was like, oh, I don't know if this mm. is for me. This is pretty intense. Yep. Mm. Second lesson, it's like um, we're, we're working on this piece, a, a Debussy piece, um, a girl with flaxen hair. Mm-hmm. Um, very famous piece of um, uh, French impressionistic music, and um, and he and he said, and I was playing, it and it was kind of like uh, just playing, it. and then he, and then he said to me, it's like. Just imagine that you're sitting underneath a tree in the soft summer light, and it's and it's warm, and it's in you're in the countryside in France, mm-hmm. underneath a tree, and the wind's by, and then, and then I was like, oh, yeah, that's it, yeah, 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 that's it. You're just taking us there and listening. That's it. Like that's it. That's that's why I'm doing that's why this. Why you're doing it? Hundred percent. Right. It's. It's because violin says the scales and blah blah blah, and sort of technique, and 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 there's so much of that is required to be able to make some sort of a sound. It wasn't until that teacher sort of said to me, "Just let's create Take a it picture, back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's create a picture and 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 sort of try and create a mood with with the music um, that I sort of got re re sort of fell back in love with mm. classical music. Mm. Do you find yourself, sorry, do you find that yourself having those moments even now? Oh, yeah, Where totally. you're like, okay, just one moment. Mm. I'm just going to visualise for a second and then it kind of writes itself again. Yeah, sometimes. But um, I, for me now it's more about just taking the time and the space to just listen mm. deeply mm-hmm. um, and not, you know, not on my phone, not whilst I'm, cooking dinner not whilst mm-hmm. I'm driving in the car mm-hmm. yeah. just to sit quietly and listen with you know all of my facilities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doing a bonus episode of Hit Different with Tamil Rojan going to ask you in a second about the next wave of music that really grabbed you but before we get to that you've got a special technique when you have to redo a scale what is this technique I'll redo it oh like redo a, 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 like overdub a solo correct oh yes <laughs> oh. redo a scale <laughs> Yeah, no, no. So occasionally I have to um, like uh, overdub a solo on something for mm-hmm. someone's record, um, uh, which is quite hard to do because you're at, it's you're not doing it live with everyone. So there's no sort of great easy sort of exchange mm-hmm. or organic sort of development. And 
and um, the hard thing about overdubbing solo is um, uh, one's distractions of one's mind. Uh, you know who I am, who I mm-hmm. aren't. Well, I should play this. It's really cool. If I play this, you know, everyone will think I'm like that kind of person. <laughs> and and well, well, you know, fucking how about this leak? And it's just so fucking jazzy and like, oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna you know rip this really fast technical thinking. bit or what. And like all these thoughts, yeah. when you're trying to like overdub a, a thing, are just completely detrimental to producing a coherent sort of flow. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, anyway, I've got this technique, which is a bit stupid. Not everyone agrees, but it works for me. <laughs> is um, I just sort of get like a a, a paper to read, newspaper, a newspaper, <laughs> a newspaper, or whatever. Like it could yeah, be, yeah. it could be material. whatever, like the back of a box or something, <laughs> and. I do my solo whilst doing my best to read the something else, <laughs> something else. Yeah. and and what that does is that um, distracts my mind yeah. enough mm. for me to just play. It's almost like a cheat code. It's a cheat. It yeah. is. It, it's a, yeah. It just distracts my mind enough for me to just play what I really know, mm-hmm. as opposed to what I think I know mm-hmm. or what I think I should do. Yep. Very cool. so, yeah. so as soon as I do that, then my, I'm in more time. The time's better. The ideas flow. Yeah. There's no nonsense. It's mm. just like phew, straight through. Beautiful thing. Well, in your teens, it sounds like the grunge wave kind of grabbed and, and, and took you along. Yeah, Soundgarden, you know, Bad yeah. Motorfinger, um, Pumpkin. Yeah, like I said before, like Pumpkins and all. Like uh, all that stuff, I was just, I was just sort of wild about um, any particular song that grabbed you. I mean, Bad Motor Fingers is a, a remarkable record. Yeah. Um, oh no! Look, uh, it's really hard to give us a song. Give us a song. Give, take, take take yourself back to a place where you were like, you just heard Zero by Pumpkins or Yeah, well, Mine look, well, by yeah. Garden. Look, I mean, I remember being sort of back of a car, like just <laughs> smoking bongs, like somewhere in the hills. Mm. Um, and just hearing Gish for the first time. Yeah, Especially right. Nothing. And um, and just like mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then you know, um, you know, taking acid and listening to Double White. What's um, Double White? Um, Beatles. Yep. Double White. Um, mm-hmm. yep. And Revolver and like all those George Martin Beatles records yep. mm-hmm. around that around that same time. Sort of really sort of. Cut my little mind open. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that music was was really r- really big for me. I mean, it all sort of ended really abruptly though, which was kind of a bit of a shame. But I think it I think it had to. Mm-hmm. I, I went and saw Pumpkins at um, Prince of Wales. Yes. Um, and oh, there's some <laughs> some Billy Corgan buzzkill coming up. Yeah, there. and and Billy was just being a dick. Like he mm. he was just he's still I mean he, keep yeah. going, but I've got some more like recent he, things about it. He, he's written another fifty songs for his next album, even though his last album stunk and it was overblown. It was he just, over, oh, he's just overcooked. Anyway, I was getting I was sort of getting into jazz a lot then, um, and like I, uh, you know, it, it, I was studying Don Sugarcane Harris, Sven Asmussen, mm. um, Jean Luc Ponty. Um, you know, I was just like deep into these jazz violinists, and I'm just sort of exploring. Mm-hmm. You know, the the jazz rock fusion thing on violin. I was a big new Cyphered, Michael Obaniak, like the whole raft of these incredible violin, and and just sort of getting 
drifting into the jazz thing, and I saw I went to this concert, and Billy Corgan was such a twat. What was he saying? <laughs> oh, he was just rude to the audience, and he sort of, and you know, it didn't sound very good. Yes. It at the couldn't end even of, back it. Up. Yeah, yeah. At yeah. the end of the day, like I was, I was like, you know what? I get it. Everyone produces records, but this is. Not even fucking mm-hmm. ballpark. Yeah, mm-hmm. this just sounds fucking shit out. And and you're just like a horrible person just being a jerk. The next night, I went and saw a jazz gig where like it was uh, it was a uh, Alan Brown um, yep. quartet at Bennett's Lane, and Alan Brown was like telling weird poetry, just being oh. like funny <laughs> oh. and just like abstract and. Everyone's just playing their ass off, and the music was warm, and it was beautiful, and it was complicated, and it was alive. And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) I am done. And after that point, I kid you not, I didn't listen to any music that wasn't jazz for 10 years. It was Alan Brown who did it. Yeah, we thank Billy Corgan. (laughs) It was a combination of Billy Corgan. It was a combination of Billy Corgan being a massive douche. And Alan Brown just wow. being like a gorgeous soul, just a playing beautiful music. Yeah, nice one. I love it. And you've gone out to play that venue, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah, I have, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Get back to Alan Brown. <laughs> <laughs> one day I'm going to, honestly, <laughs> when I, I imitate Chappelle so much. You know the word he says a lot. <laughs> Please, maybe never say it. Recently, what's pumped your dads? Well, sort of most recently I've been... Really vibing on um, Brazilian. I'm still sort of really vibing on this sort of Brazilian music um, called Choro music, which is this weird kind of Brazilian jazz mm-hmm. um, that's sort of half por- from Portugal and half from um, uh, um, sort of like some of it's a bit German, but mm-hmm. it's all sort of swings in a Brazilian way. It's sort of like Brazilian bebop, but for. Um, cool. For, for violins, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been, I've been sort of, um, yeah, I've just, I've still been really sort of banging on that. I sort mm-hmm. of, sort of can't get, I can't shake it. Good it's feeling just, though. Yeah, yeah. It just keeps, it keeps sort of clawing into me. And you, yeah. you, you play a lot with the Brazilian guy. You did at the Everly uh, award-winning cocktail bar on Gertrude Street yep. in Fitzroy. And the Brazilian cat used to play. I remember you. I would be hanging out with Tamil in the afternoon. Sorry to sound so clicky, but I'd be like, "What are you doing tonight?" He's like, "Oh, dude, I can't, I can't hang out. I've got to. I've got to get my chops right. I've got to. I've got to warm up. Got to warm up yeah, because right. the Brazilian cat you played with was so intense and so damn good at what he. What at he the does. Everly. At yeah, the Everly. The, Sunday we night. To, we used to do wow. Sundays. Yeah. We don't do anymore because what was his name, bud? Uh, Doug DeVries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's just so just bes- kind of in a vibe. Oh, mm. He's so mm. berserkly good at this music, and it's berserkly good. It was just fantastic, it, it, yeah, and it was just so much fun. Um, and so he's not as available anymore. He's a bit, a bit of a, he's getting a bit older. And he's couldn't mm-hmm. be, he couldn't be fucked doing a little bar gig. I mean, I was like, okay, I'm just like, yeah, let's do it. Hundred bucks yeah. of cocktails. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's hundred bucks of cocktails. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do it. Um, so I don't get to play it as much as I would, but um, that was you know. That was that was really mm. that's really time. But you know, uh, I'm also sort of just digging back into you know, like really sort of classic stuff, like Sunship, like John Coltrane Sunship mm-hmm. record, mm-hmm. Um, and sort of just getting back into that sort of deep, deep modal sort of mm. jazz. Which you know, like I mean, yeah, I'm still I still can't go past that. In a lot of ways, that record is a bit of a all time for me. 
Mm. You played on the prequel record, which is uh, the record's called Love or I Heard You Like Heartbreak. I spoke to prequel for NME and he said that every single take you gave him was so good that he was just found it very hard to choose. He, you know, he would say, he would say, hey, I need something here. And you would give him 10 takes and everything is and everyone was just like on point and it would be like, which one, how do I kill, mm. what, kill my baby? So, you know, it's very, very difficult. You're in two tracks on that record, is that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but just, yeah. And that, that's kind of a throwback, Ian Pooley, kind of like a solemn, you know, really emotional uh, house record. Yeah. And it's come around at a time when not, not many people are doing that and that's why oh, it's no, getting it's... so much cut through. People are freaking loving it because it's got... Well, it's probably landing harder, mm. you know? People, yeah. I feel like, I honestly feel like people are listening to music in such a different way yep. at the moment. Yep. Like the, the, the records that we might not expect to land in certain ways are hitting different. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it might be because we're just... You know, we're really hungry to see yeah. this music we represented need to be live, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. These, these albums are just, they're just really cutting, mm. which is mm. amazing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I look at, it's, I mean, it's uh, like the way people process music and why they process it and, and what they get out of it is, is so different and unique and, and, and diverse. Um, and a lot of that sort of, Music plays lots of different roles, and a lot of that depends on your privilege too. You know, mm-hmm. um, as to your relationship with music, um, and you know, um, there's like so there's this saying um, like you, uh, you 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 play the blues when you have the blues, mm-hmm. but when you're playing the blues, you don't have the blues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is um, which I which I which I sort of find. Um, kind of interesting and, and relevant mm-hmm. in, in in terms of music being a sort of escape, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and it's not it's not you know for some people to play music is is a fucking joy. Mm-hmm. It's a joyous escape mm-hmm. from the hell of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> which Absolutely. is but, but but that's sort of that but that's sort of a bit different to sort of. Uh, I mean, this is just my own bullshit theory that totally needs to be vet- vetted. But um, <laughs> um, you know, but, but like you know, yes, I, yeah, no, no one will hear this. But um, you know, but like some of us can afford to listen to miserable music mm. yeah. and just and just like not yeah. have to not have to listen to music as an escape to find happiness. Sure, yeah. we Very can true. wallow yep. in in um, in miserable mm. down mm-hmm. sort of music. And some of us are here to make music that is going to hurt to do. I'm talking about this morning I watched Ziggy Ramo and Paul Kelly mm. on, on the set with mm-hmm. Eve, Eve Caritas. How do you say her name? Eve Caritas, yeah. And they did, he's done a new version of From Little Things, Big Things Grow where he just explains why Australia is a lie mm-hmm. and why you know, intergenerational genocide, intergenerational trauma because of genocide is continuing. And he's crying while he's seeing it. Like he's, by the end of this dude, he's like, He's really shook mm. and Paul Kelly comes over and gives him a big old hug and none of it's put on. First time no. I saw Ziggy, I thought it was a little bit contrived, you're going to be real, because I saw him in Q&A and he was really trying to kind of use big words and trying to posture a smidge. But then he's just a young kid, like, you know, like, and then I sort of got into his vibe. I was like, oh, no, this guy is 120% genuine and mm-hmm. he's just trying to make a difference here and he's actually trying to speak about his experience. And then, of course, without sending to hashtag woke, you know, I checked my privilege and I really sort of stepped into his world and then I got to meet Ziggy Ramo and understand where he's coming from and what he's here to do. And he's here to just 
tell people what is what has been going on mm-hmm. and what needs to still be healed. Mm-hmm. When you're on stage, uh, Tamil, tell me about that, that transcendent moment where you're just putting so much of yourself in that you're almost not there and you're like completely there. Oh, well, yeah. No, well, that's, that's a, I mean, that's a real thing. And I, um, a few years ago, oh, I was into really into this book called Effortless Mastery by Kenny Werner. And it's sort of like the inner game of golf, but for musicians. And um, one of the, one of the, te- so it all talks about like what you know, what you don't know. And it's, you know, what I was talking about reading the paper and, and like getting mm. your mind away from things and, and being present in the moment. One of the, one of the exercises is um, to, when you're playing, to imagine that you're watching yourself from the back of the room. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, um, so that is def like that is definitely those when when you can achieve that kind of um, uh, distance from your internal mm-hmm. dialogue mm-hmm. by not being not not having all your you know, mm-hmm. all your silly thoughts kicking around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imagine like I'm I feel like I've managed like. Maybe three out of body, cool. three or four yeah. out of body experiences in my life whilst playing. Mm-hmm. Maybe like one was my third, second year recital mm-hmm. at, at college, where I just sort of remember sort of snapping to, and I was just sweating, Whew. and I was yeah. just like, "What happened there? Yeah. Yeah, wow, right. really? Yeah." And I was just like, "Wow, that's and freaking cool." Someone, yeah, and a grand, like my girlfriend's grandpa, grandma was like, "That was." That was otherworldly. Like, and like, like she, I don't know. She said some shit. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know what. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was pretty ropey, you know. Um, but the, I that think was the feel. The, the vibe felt the like. Vibe. And then I had another one with True Live at the Evelyn. But that's and then another one busking on the subway. In, really? In um, New York, the Forty Second Street, like peak hour, just like on the platform. Yeah, <laughs> I never a, knew this with about a, you. With a djembe plate, like, I met this sort of African. Um, uh, djembe player and I had an amp and I was just ripping it everyone's stuck on the station yeah like 42nd street yeah. back back in those days like you could go right down there the audience cannot get away <laughs> <laughs> they for at least four minutes yeah yeah you've got them for at least four minutes yep and I remember just just playing and then just sort of shredding seeing, it shredding it and just seeing myself from the Ooh. back of the station but yeah, yeah that was cool. Yeah, that was sick. When people just throwing money down, yeah, money, cards, jobs. <laughs> like, it was like bang, 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 and I was I did Ladies. that for like a couple of months. No, I did it for a month, I think. And With the I, same Jebe played the whole time. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. He came and went, and then I had like gigs and stuff for for my stay. I was working sick. flat out. That's unreal. I reckon we do two more questions. I've got one, and then I throw to you. So say, mm. uh, Blake Scott from the Peep Tempel. Mad uh, respect for him and everything he's done. He's embarked on a successful solo career. He got the fear on stage at Meredith. He's up there headlining Saturday night. They played Meredith two years before that. Mm. Unreal, you know, doing Carol. Absolutely, everybody puts their boots off, as is the tradition Tradition. of appreciation. But he said the Saturday night gig, he's up there, he's playing, and he just got imposter syndrome on stage. And it fucking affected him. Like he, well, that would he, be crippling, right? Yeah, the, ba- the band folded. Well, he has, but it was one of the reasons behind him saying, calling time on the band, on people. Really? Yep. Just, he just felt like, hang on, why do all these people love this? It's just me, and it's just, you know, yeah. this is full fucking on. 
Now he's playing the Crocs in a couple of weeks with his own band, mm. and he's like, the, the record he put out was again Australian Music Prize nominated. It is a remarkable record, Nishitam, which means uh, go lightly, beautiful. Mm. So he's come he's come out of that, but I've spoken to him about it a few times, and it said it really left a mark. It really smarted. Have you ever had a moment on stage of of doubt? Bazillion, so many I can't remember. <laughs> like where I'm just like, oh my god, that was just. That was just atrocious. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just gave you COVID. Yeah, Keep going. Yeah, I mean, and but with... Like, I mean, I just try and just get away with it. Get away with those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just just keep it super... Um, yeah. Super DL. Yeah. And just go, yep. Oh, great. Yep. Thanks, Keith. Is this something yeah. you tell yourself? Like, I always remind myself to breathe. I have very, really Oh, like anxiety, when you're but, in the middle of it? Yep. Oh, look, uh, I never really feel... Um, when I'm in the throes of it, oh, fuck you, yeah, that's right. I had that one. <laughs> oh, Do tell. Is this a good thing that you're remembering it? Uh, <laughs> like, had you repressed? Jill's well, now under the desk. <laughs> yeah. No, no, well, I mean, I sort of, I managed this one somehow, but it's only because I did a lot of work on the show beforehand. But anyway, I did this Melbourne Music Week gig with um, uh, Zola Jesus yeah. and um, a string quartet. And me, so it's singer, string quartet, and me playing this weird ass big electric viola um, thing. And I sort of had a bit of a looser role in the whole thing, but it's all very written out. And anyway, the Melbourne Soul is in its full, and it's a full white production. It's a big, it's a big show. And I've been like, I, I borrowed this, um, I borrowed this fucking iPad, like um, electronic sort of sheet music device so i could read because it's i have to read yeah and of course it just goes down like That's 30 nightmare seconds fuel. into the oh, 30 seconds into the first you're shitting me no nope. it's like nope nope nope, Zola. nope. Fuck. jesus you can it's gone that there's all like it's packed in the melbourne solace and you can hear a pin drop it's super exposed string quartet me and the singer i was just like Oh my god! Mm-mm. Oh my god! <laughs> like, mayday, mayday. like, there's so many ins and outs and bits and pieces and and so yeah. And what happened? Oh, look, I just I just had to hang in there and like fortunately <laughs> I like I said I did I had done some work on the on the set, um so I sort of could remember oh the, god. the bits, but <laughs> but it was super exposed. So I say looks physically. <laughs> It was, she looks, it was horrible. It's a vicariously nightmare. hurting. It was a nightmare. <laughs> oh my god! It was really, it was really the worst. How'd you pull through? Well, like people who knew me, were they were like, "You didn't look really, you didn't look really comfortable up there." <laughs> no shit. Um, they're like, "You just didn't look your sort of usual self," and I was like, y- "Yeah." Can I tell you why? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that was that was probably the worst I've felt in. Mm. Big. How long did you have to keep playing after that happened? Oh, like it was an hour. Mm. Oh, Jesus! It was like Christ. a whole hour. Joke. Zola, comma. Oh, I know. I, I don't know if she knew that. I don't know if she knew that. Did as long as they her? didn't know. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't care. Maybe I didn't tell her. I did tell the um, the head of uh, Melbourne Recital Centre because mm. um, it was his iPad, and I was like. Oh, hey, dude, like, heads up, <laughs> heads up. Should you give me your password? Heads, heads up, oh like, God, heads up, your no. iPad's not not yeah. working. Yeah. Anyway, he thought I was having a go at him, and I was like, 
Yeah, but no, 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 it's just, no, 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 it's just, it didn't work. And, and he had to get in and, and out of and that. I, and I just, <laughs> I just survived this. And he was like, well, you should have been more professional. And I was like, oh, it looks like I'm not playing there for a while. Mm. Hashtag haven't since. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring you back. We'll bring you back. It's, oh. it's so funny though. It's the whole, you know, we just have the sausage. We don't want to know how the sausage is made. Mm-hmm. And Make you just happen. told it. You Make just it told happen. us. But the, the crowd probably did, loved it, man. No, I mean, it all sort of worked and went down fine. I mean, I just had to tell the director of the place. So now I don't work there anymore. But, you know. Mm. <laughs> I can tell you, even sort of perfectionist. I saw Gautier get off stage and a friend of mine was backstage with him. And this is at Golden Place of Meredith. All the mm. same, and it was such a great gig. This is peak Gautier. Second record, but the third record, fine, but the second record, like mm. Drawing Blood, I think it was, mm-hmm. and it was just an amazing show. And he had so many people on stage, and hearts a mess. And he got off, and I just saw him wince as he got off. And I was thinking, what's that all about? And I spoke to my mate. He goes, Wally's so unhappy about the show. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Like everyone out there, were like, yeah, no, yeah. I was coming up on this song. <laughs> And he just was pissed about like four different bits in the show that just didn't that, go his way. That's, yeah. that's a really yeah. I've I've been at shows where you know I've had friends who are performing, and again it's the same thing where it's just like oh my god, like you, you're in this moment where they're at, they might have played a venue that's like a career peak. Mm. So obviously, like the pressure and the internal mm. shit is like heightened, and I know now. It's, it's happened enough where you, you see them come off stage and everyone, like, the, you know, there's 20 people just being like, oh, my God, and they either they just walk straight <laughs> past them or they're just not into it. Mm. The first few times that's happened where I've just been like, oh, well, what do you mean? Mm. Like, what? Yeah. You just didn't do that, sh- like, you know, yep. why? Just don't do that to musicians right <laughs> yep. moment. Just let them have their moment, yeah. you yeah. know? Now yeah. I can kind of... You can kind of pick you, it. You can pick it enough where it's just like, you know what? Let him have decompress, just defrag. go do yeah, your thing. Yeah, I mean, you know? like, I just, if I've had a shocker, I'll, I, unless you really know me mm-hmm. well, I'll be like, yeah, great show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great show. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, here's the other thing, right? Here's the flip side, right? Someone's just come to your show, right? They've just spent like... Mm, yeah, that's, that's like, it. Like yeah, 40 yeah, yeah, bucks yeah. or whatever. They've yeah. bought a ticket. They've had a fucking great time. Mm. Let why him do ride you, with that. Why yeah, do you yeah, need yeah. to tell them that Fuck you, you Billy Corgan. That, why do you need to tell them <laughs> that you had a shit time? Totally. And, and then make them question their experience. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let them have Very it. Valid. Yep. It's all about reading the room. I find it with, with and so say you're going to ask one more question of Mr. Rojan in a second. With comedians, I was speaking to a friend of mine the other day. He's like, and she got off stage, and all of us were like, oh, that was bad. We need to tell her it was bad. And they all walked up to this girl, this is many years ago, and they all like, <laughs> That was so good. You were great. And she, this person kept doing comedy for a few years afterward, but she had no natural. You've got to have a funny bone to be a good comedian. You can kind yeah. of get away with it for a while. I won't name any names, but I, I will always be straight, maybe not on the night because, you, you mm. know, you pick your moment, but people would much rather have frank feedback. Even the recent comedy festival, I've called Daniel Muggleton in Sydney. He's a fucking good comedian mm. and gave him, he goes, this is great. I want notes. A lot of comedians don't want notes, but I want them. And I spoke to him for half an hour and just told him all the great things about his set and how that last 10 minutes, he just didn't land the plane, you know, because he tried mm. to get sort of Hannah Gadsby Nanette, which a lot of comedians are doing at the moment and have been doing for the last few years. Mm. But all of it's like very constructive and, uh, and important for a musician or a comedian or any kind of artist to get frank feedback 
Maybe not on the night. Yeah, it's equally, not, not on the night. Yeah, and it's no, equally, equally important. No, 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 no. And sometimes, un, like, unsolicited frank feedback. So, like, shut up. Just get yeah, out of my yeah, fucking face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It happens a lot to female comedians. They get a lot yeah, of unsolicited. Yeah, yeah. Just go away. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, but, like, people you know and trust and respect, mm. frank feedback's golden. But, mm. like... I mean, some dude going, hey, man, yeah, no, sure, but I was just thinking, you know, it was like, <laughs> fuck it, fuck off, dude, seriously. It's amazing how he nails my voice. So say. <laughs> I feel like the, the, the good thing about, or one of the good things about being a musician who's able to have worked across so many different genres, particularly here, I feel like there's, there's just so much happening uh, within the music community whether it's in jazz, hip-hop, techno, electronic, all this experimental stuff, there's possibly more avenues to explore and, and just do weird shit. Um, do you feel like, having done it for as long as you have done here in Melbourne, do you still find yourself being surprised or kind of slapped in the face by a musician who's just coming up doing something new that you've never heard before? Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. We've just got, like, Hiatus Coyote just around mm. the corner. Mm. Like, mm. I mean, those guys are always scratching at the next most, Freaks. you know, freaky, beautiful mm. idea they can they can dream of. There's, you know, um, there's uh, Julian Wilson's just a stunning saxophone player who's mm-hmm. just pushing the boundaries. Um, there's, um, you know, in that whole sort of jazz doof mm. sort of movement, um, you know, like those, all those, all those guys are just doing sort of amazing stuff. Horatio, Horatio Luna is kind of just doing, yeah, yeah, sort of and and all, and it, but yeah. all these, all those people who sort of, you know, um, you know, came after Harvey Sutherland, really, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not and Bermuda, no, 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 really, no, I'm, I was just, I just played violin, and I'm like, he's, he's his own thing, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like take me out of the picture, but that's, that's, you know, that's that that whole sort of movement is. Is fucking yeah. great, and there's so much beautiful, interesting, you know, the 3070 guys. Yep. You know the um, like the 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 younger generations are just sort of, um, you know, pushing through in in such a gorgeous. I remember, I can't remember years ago, seeing Kirkus, mm-hmm. um, and um, such an and this this Love yeah, it. and this is like uh, I don't know five five six years ago. Just and I was just watching it, just going, "Fucking hell, jazz is changing and beautiful mm. and alive." And this, mm. and I, I felt really invigorated by sort of seeing that kind of talent. Yeah, mm. coming to me. beautiful. Timmel's album is called "Son of Nix." Stream it. It's uh, getting some good streams. It's coming up quite nicely. So look yeah. up Tamil Rojan. That's R-O-G-E-O-N. Son of Nix. N-Y-X at the end. Also look out for Steady Weather. Hot release, a lot of uh, buzz <laughs> of a size. And I reckon we're going to call this episode, We've Got Them for Four Minutes. <laughs> I've got them for four minutes. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here, brother. Yes. Sister, we'll see you next time, friends. Thank I'm you. hit different. Pow!